0: Caesar's Palace, Las Vegas, Nevada. Site of.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the
2: greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young.
1: And Patrick, we have arrived. It is WrestleMania week. All the festivities, NXT, the Hall of Fame, and then WrestleMania 35. We'll go down the WrestleMania 35 card in just a moment, but
2: first, what do you have for us from the news desk this week, sir? Confirmed. Brutus, the barber beefcake, will in fact be the last confirmee... For the WWE Hall of Fame.
1: They need an excuse to get Hulk Hogan on the stage. So, so Brutus the Barber Beefcake, who will feature in our review this week, is going into the Hall of Fame. Well, he had been added to the video game in the last year or two, so it makes sense that they would go ahead and put him in. I almost think Rick Martell is in the same category where... He's a year or two away from going in. Oh, because, he definitely
2: deserves to be in.
1: Oh, well, he's a much better wrestler than Ed ex- Leslie ever ex- was. Exactly, exactly. Congratulations to Ed Leslie. As I've said before, no commentary on Hall of Fame nominees. just whoever they do. It's whatever they choose. Good for them. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the five-hour Hall of Fame ceremony. Even though this year they're trying to trim back on the speeches, I still have a feeling. It's going to take forever.
2: Oh, to get through DX
1: alone is going to be an hour. Yeah, I hope that Sean is wise enough to say very little. I've had my time. Even Triple H, for that matter. Step back and
2: let let everybody else do their thing.
1: Yeah, yeah let the people who haven't gotten yeah. an induction speak since we have three two-time Hall of Famers this year. Yeah. So they've already had their say. Brett's already inducted Stu as well. So he's already had
2: two acceptance speeches, so let's move this along, guys. When they're sitting there talking about every match they've had over the years, kind of runs longer than expected. I think the thing that
1: makes the speeches long, too, is when they're pointing out people in the crowd, and then everyone has to clap for that person in the oh, crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I can't forget about you,
2: and then everyone has standing ovation, and then... Well, I mean, it's still better than Mr. T talking about his mother giving birth to him. So I mean Well, he he loved his mama. A little too much. It's bad Kane had to come out and rush him off the stage. That's terrible. We haven't seen Mr. T since. We have so. not. We have not. very I, good point. I pity the fool who had to who had to rush him off the stage, which is Kane. So anyway, moving forward in all seriousness, uh hacksaw Jim Duggan yesterday went under heart surgery. Uh I talked with his wife Deborah. She's doing great Or He's doing great. He's um, getting ready uh, to leave here uh, in a couple of hours and go back home. Everything went smooth. Everything's good. He is still going to make all his dates and will be at WrestleCon this coming next weekend. That seems very dangerous. I would not travel if I had just had some sort of heart operation. He just had... It wasn't serious. It was just minor heart surgery, but still. Uh, Any kind of heart surgery is not minor. He came out, and even his wife, Deborah confirmed it. He is going to be at WrestleCon, and he's going to fulfill all his dates this coming weekend, just like he promised.
1: Well, I'm sure it's a very important source of income for a wrestler like Jim Duggan to make those appearances. But at the same time, it's kind of sad that he might be risking his life to do so. But I appreciate his dedication to the people who bought tickets to WrestleCon and bought tickets to go to all the events in the New York area for WrestleMania.
2: There's so many massive—WrestleCon Wrestle, does their own show, so so many massive shows to go and see. Ring of Honor does a show. It's uh it's almost worth going to and not going to WrestleMania, doing everything else. It well, really yeah, especially is. Especially because if you pay for the network, you can pay $10 and see
1: great on the network, or you can pay $100 and sit in the nosebleeds at MetLife Stadium and yeah. have a blue light shined in your face. The entire time, so or sit ringside at all those events you just named for basically the same money. You know, yeah,
2: you can choose your adventure. There's so much to do during WrestleMania week. Well, next year we're going to see the uh, the the rematch between you and the Blue Light, and see who comes out as victor. I, d- I don't know if, if I'm doing Tampa. <laughs> we'll, we'll
1: see. We'll see. It's it's on the cards. It's, it's much more doable than New York City.
2: It is much more doable. Uh, moving forward, Allie was killed off of Impact Wrestling this week. Yes,
1: she was murdered on the air. Well, they have this thing, the undead realm. This is what Rosemary lives in. It's similar to when the Hardys would go into the alternate... The Hardy ha- compound. The Hardy compound. It's like you leave the world. You leave the real world. Of pro wrestling, if that makes sense, and then you go to this alternate universe where people can be murdered. I was telling you earlier before Royal Rumble this year, sometime around then, I think it was in January. Impact did an angle, I think, with LAX where a child was run over in one of these segments. They're like
2: they do crazy shit. Yeah, they're they... getting way out there on the edge because to to consider some to consider murdering someone live on air, even storyline wise. I mean, listen, Vince tried doing it, and it ended very badly for him. Well, The Undertaker's been killed several times.
1: Yes, he has. I was thinking about this earlier. I was kind of reading some of the responses about on Twitter about how do you feel about this angle and killing people, and I'm like, The Undertaker's been killed many, many times. Yes. I mean,
2: it's not not
1: graphic, unlike this was where she was, like, stabbed in the throat or something. She was stabbed
2: straight up, yeah. It was very graphic, blood pouring and everything. But But if
1: you take that away, Undertaker has been killed hundreds of times well he's been buried alive like buried alive set on fire the list goes on and on yeah. about ways they've disposed of Undertaker he's probably been drowned he's every way you can they tried to embalm Austin they did they did they they crucified Austin at one point while he was still alive they chopped off Val Venis dick yes rest in peace Yamaguchi son your most famous yeah, WWF moment but yeah they've done angles similar to that in WWF they just never have gone that one step further where you actually see someone being impaled I mean people get Triple H gets dumped over in a car yeah Stone Cold gets hit by a car Vince's limo explodes. Yeah. So I don't really see a lot of argument. I don't really see where, oh, you can't do that. You can't... Because it is... It's fantasy. It's, it's fantasy. And they've just taken it a step a little bit further than we're used to. But also that's because... They're not on TV where you can find them. They need to generate buzz,
2: so... Well, and it's got to, It's working, because everybody's talking about the fact that you just stabbed Allie right in the throat, and blood's squirting out everywhere. They did need a
1: way to write off this character, because she signed with AEW. She's leaving the company, so... But in
2: the future, if it doesn't work for AEW... How are they going to write back in, she goes back? They can just do
1: anything. (laughs) It was in the undead realm. Anything's possible there. there. She can take a dip in the
2: lake of rejuvenation.
1: There you go. Is that it from the news desk No, one more.
2: There's a mysterious woman in the midst of pro wrestling. This mysterious woman has been seen numerous times walking arm in arm with John Cena. Who is this lady? What's her name? I don't have her name. She's a very sexy brunette, though. She
1: was spotted with John Cena in Vancouver. This is on the heels of Nikki Bella being spotted with her Dancing with the Stars partner. They're out on dates. They're out having pictures taken, so I'm sure this was John C- This might have been John Cena at a hotel lobby that said, Hey, you're pretty attractive. Let's go out here and get some paparazzi pictures so I can compete with my ex-girlfriend. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but... She looks a lot like Nikki Bella. Is what she I does, but she you.
2: is a lot more attractive than Nikki, in my opinion.
1: I think you're going to have a hard argument to make against some. Um, that sounds wrong. You're going to have a difficult argument to make against uh, Nikki Bella, looks-wise, who, on Total Bellas, both the Bellas now have retired from entering competition.
2: Holy shit! We are finally done with the shitty Bella
1: wrestling. Sadly, she walked back, her promise. Nikki said, yeah, never say never, so... Nikki Bella may be back in the ring God. before you know it. Uh, I know you're clamoring for their in-ring return. They're Hall of Famers for sure, so... that That is
2: that is so fucking sad, dude. Well, like is... I
1: said, no comments on the Hall of Fame. It is just it is what it is, but the Bellas retired. And apparently the relationship between John Cena and Nikki Bella is retired for now. But we'll
2: see if it comes out of retirement. So, WrestleMania weekend next weekend... Yeah, the NXT show Friday night. Friday night. Any big matches on that show? Well, the biggest match would be for the vacant NXT world title.
1: Because is out. He's out with his neck injury, right? Yes. Champa had to vacate Goldie, so the NXT championship for the first time ever is vacant and it'll be Johnny Gargano taking on Adam Cole in a two out of three falls match. And I imagine that Adam Cole will. Adam win Cole, it.
2: baby.
1: I still think they want Gargano and Ciampa to have a final battle, even though they had a final battle already. So I think they'll push that on down the road. Also, another interesting match on that card, Pete Dunn taking on Walter. Pete Dunn having this UK championship now for almost two years, so... They don't have anybody to
2: give it to. Well, I think Walter will be the one to take it, so... You think so? I do. I still think that's a beautiful-looking belt, though. It's, it is, it's the best-looking belt they have.
1: It is. We also have Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle for the NXT North American Championship. I imagine Velveteen Dream will probably retain... This title. I think Matt Riddle. We're gonna split on that. Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kyrie Sane have a fatal four-way for the NXT Women's Championship. Kylie Sane. I think Shayna probably retains here, and then we have the tag team championship as Alistair Black and Ricochet won the Dusty Classic, which gave them the right to face the War Raiders. But since Alistair Black and Ricochet are on the main roster, I'm gonna say that War Raiders will retain the nxt title here i'm
2: with you on that one as well we have the hall of fame saturday night which is we've already discussed for weeks on end the main event wrestlemania sunday night starting at like four in the fucking afternoon it's (laughs) going to take forever by the time you hear this and our week
1: off wrestlemania may still be going on it may still be in progress yes so, we have 14 announced matches so far. We are taping this the Sunday before WrestleMania. They so. are announced. They, that doesn't mean that they won't add more. We'll start with the Women's Battle Royal. These are the participants announced thus far. We have Dana Brooke, Mickey James, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Oscar, Carmella, Naomi, Lana, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Zelina Vega, And Nikki Cross. Out of those announced participants, who do you see winning?
2: The very vivacious Mandy Rose.
1: I see Asuka getting a win here, especially given the outrage over her title loss to Charlotte on SmackDown. I see them giving this to her as some sort of consolation prize. But they'll probably, if not her, I imagine uh, one of the women from NXT. Actually, my second pick would be Lacey Evans, because we've been teased with Lacey Evans That's walking true. to the ring all this time. She finally walks down, maybe at the last second, and shrinks the win here in the Women's Battle Royal. We're going out of order here, but the WWE Championship, the SmackDown World Title, Daniel Bryan taking on Kofi Kingston. Kofi. So you think they pull the trigger on a Kofi Kingston title run. It here. has been
2: the it has been built up so well. I even talked about this last week when they finally well earlier this week when they finally on SmackDown this past week where they finally just they did the gauntlet the new day out did everyone overcame the odds. Kofi's in it's now, it's done, it's announced, Kofi is in, Kofi will finally catch and retrieve that dream he's been chasing for 14, 15 years.
1: I agree. I don't know that we're going to get all the happy endings out of the three main, big main events, but I do think they, they go that way here, because Daniel Bryan, I think, can afford the loss. I don't think it hurts his character at all, and certainly sets up for a program that can carry them to SummerSlam between yeah. the two of them. Absolutely. So
2: I do think Kofi Kingston will win the WWE and Championship. And Kofi, Kofi has stepped up his game, and I think now it's, it's very viable that he is a main eventer. So for those people out there that are second-guessing and all this, I think he is in the main event picture because he's earned it, and he's going to be there for a very long time. It's not just a one-and-done.
1: Well, I think it's all in how you follow up the title win. Like I said before, if he keeps coming out tossing pancakes being a goofball,
2: that's true. Then that's true. it's
1: not going to it's not going to work out. He might sell a lot of merch and that might keep the belt on him, but as far as being a memorable title reign or a a champion that people take seriously, it's it's just not going to work. A respectable
2: that, champion, yeah.
1: Right. I mean I, I hate to be Vince, you know, with Austin, oh, you got to wear a suit and tie or whatever. You don't have to do that, but you have to be a serious contender, a serious yeah. champion, a guy that isn't to be taken lightly, not a goofball. Yeah. So then we have the four-way tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. It's the Boss and Hug Connection, the Divas of Doom, which is Beth Phoenix and Natalia, the Iconics... And then Nia Jax and Tamina. Divas of Doom. I imagine Boss and Hug Connection will retain
2: the title here. I don't see... I see Beth coming out of retirement. Uh, It's just, why not? Why not?
1: She's looked fine in her appearances. She's going to have a Raw match tomorrow night. Yeah. But I don't think she wants to be a full-time member of this roster. And these tag belts, as as new as they are, are going to need to be on house shows. I mean, the Boston Hug Connection said they would even defend them in NXT. Beth Phoenix does not want to be a full-time performer.
2: I think one month a one-month run and then at the next pay-per-view they drop it. I think that's a, a viable, suitable run to have somebody else say that they've held the titles. Well, this
1: match is the easiest to predict of all the matches on this fourteen match card. Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. Oh well, I mean, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> of, of course, course. Yeah. yes, <laughs> he will beat he will beat the cancer survivor uh, immediately. Just a squash match, probably take about thirty seconds. Yeah. Uh, no, right. Roman Reigns is not going to be losing his first WrestleMania match back. From leukemia,
2: yeah, Romans, Romans got it. It's done. It's over.
1: We have the intercontinental title, Bobby Lashley and Finn Balor, which I could not care less about. We've crowd. had this fucking match fifty times. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, this is a never ending. Every, every fucking raw, dude. Well, it's either him versus Bobby or him versus Leo Rush. It's a com- it's a combination of those three in some form or fashion. Baller, Balor if he wears his demon paint. there That's my uh, stipulation I'll throw in No there.
2: demon paint, and you're going to go with? Bobby Lashley.
1: All right. Sure, keep it on him. Who cares? This belt is meaningless. Almost as meaningless as the United States Championship, Samoa Joe, taking on Rey Mysterio. Right. I think Samoa Joe defeats Rey Mysterio Here is. I don't think they have any interest in putting Rey over on Samoa Joe neither of these guys really seem to be very pushed as far as winning merch merch and maybe for a potential feud against Andrade which they've had great Smackdown matches but for right now I think Samoa Joe hangs on to this belt he just got it I'm just gonna go with Samoa Joe I like Samoa Joe better anyway so I did too I'm just saying the Andre the Giant Battle Royal here are our announced competitors Braun Strowman from SNL, Michael Che and Colin Jost, Apollo Crews, Titus O'Neill, Tyler Breeze, Jinder Mahal, No Way Jose, Bobby Roode, Chad Gable, Kalisto, Grand Metalik, Lince Dorado, Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, Heath Slater, Rhino, Victor, Connor, Andrade, Mustafa Ali, Shelton Benjamin, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Otis Tucker, and then EC3. Out of that bunch of geeks, who. Will emerge. Strowman. I am going to take Andrade, formerly Cien Almas, to win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I think Braun, Braun, and the SNL guys are going to have some kind of comedy spot where they get eliminated. Also, I, I'd like to. Make a secondary pick that if Mojo Raleigh and Rob Gronkowski are in attendance, then I might change my pick to Rob Gronkowski winning the Andre the Giant.
2: That's a Battle that's Royal. very true because like we talked on Wednesday, he retired from NFL, so he's free to get in the ring. He's free, and Vince, is, you know, Vince is fucking waiting and ready.
1: Oh yes. Uh, A contract probably showed up in his mailbox the second he announced his retirement. Then we have just a random singles match. AJ Styles and Randy Orton. Orton. I think I have to agree Randy Orton will beat AJ Styles. I want AJ, but I I think Orton. We have a lot of faces winning on this card probably already, so we need some heels to win. Speaking of that, a Falls Count Anywhere match, Shane McMahon versus The Miz. Miz. I'm going to take Shane McMahon. He put his hands on his father, dude. I know. Well, you know what? He's the best in the world. He has a trophy to prove it. Then we have Kurt Angle's final match, unless he has another surprise one against John Cena. It's Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin. Maybe the second easiest match to predict on the card. Well, Corbin. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. It actually wouldn't surprise me. The amount of hatred and just sheer x heat that Baron Corbin gets just out of sheer
2: hate and Despise not that he's not that he's a good heel or anything like that. No, that people we just want him to go we just, away. Yes, we don't want to see him. And I can see
1: them having him beat Kurt Angle. <laughs> but no, I uh, I but do think that Kurt, Kurt Angle beats him, and then John Cena comes out, and they have a real match. Yeah, I think Kurt Angle probably beats Baron Corbin in five seconds, and then gets to then have Cena. a
2: legendary match him and Cena. Yeah.
1: At this point, Kurt's not capable of a legendary match, but he'll have a a nice retirement match Yeah, where he will lose. Then another <laughs> retirement match, if you believe Triple H at all, it's another no-holds-barred match, Triple H-Batista. If Triple H loses, he must retire, which pretty much tells me that Triple H will be winning this match, as if you were going to run this company, why would you ever take yourself out of the ring, the opportunity to be in the ring.
2: So Vince retired from the ring how many fucking times and still came back getting in. So Did he ever actually have a retirement match, though? He had multiple, like, when Austin beat him and he was out of the company, he was out from... I mean, there's multiple shits, dude. I mean, multiple shit. The man
1: wrestled God on a pay-per-view, okay? So you think Batista, who attacked a 70-year-old
2: man, should prevail over Triple H... No, I'm just saying the the credibility, it's not as easy of a pick of a match as you think. Oh, I think that gave it away as soon as he said, oh, career's on the line. Triple H. I think Triple H wins.
1: Yeah, it's been a few years since Triple H had a win at Mania, as he lost to Ronda Rousey last year, and then the year before that, he lost to Seth Rollins, so he needs a win. He needs a W in that column. Yeah. Then we have the cruiserweight championship. It's Buddy Murphy versus Tony Neese. I gotta go with my buddy, Buddy Murphy. I'm gonna yeah say Buddy Murphy should retain this title. He's knock, a heel, him, knock so. him dead,
2: bro. Knock him dead, man.
1: Then it's the singles match for the universal title, the Raw title. Brock Lesnar versus Seth. Rollins. out of the three main event title matches this is the one that i think they might go the different direction on and i am going
2: to pick brock lesnar to retain the universal title as much as i fucking hate this bastard and we all every listener on god's green fucking earth knows how bad i hate brock lesnar i think you're right i think he wins
1: I think they have to put a a sour ending in there somewhere. And I think this is the match to do it, not the Kofi Kingston match. And not the main event of the evening that'll probably be airing sometime between midnight and 1 a.m. The triple threat for the Raw Women's Championship, maybe also for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We're recording before, we know for sure. But it's Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch
2: versus Charlotte Flair. You're saying 1 a.m., you're being lenient there i was thinking like three or four but becky lynch man i mean come on
1: it it has to it It has to be Becky, especially if this is going on last if they don't want this place to just be showered in booze if they don't want the wrestlemania 32 reaction to roman reigns beating triple h where it's just a chorus of booze yeah you have to do this you, there's no, you have no other way
2: yeah. to do it, and you have that final picture of her holding up both belts, confetti fucking flying everywhere. She's holding up both belts. She's on one leg. She overdid the odds. She came back. It's it's the it's the Daniel Bryan WrestleMania 30 finish.
1: Those are our predictions for WrestleMania. We will probably be completely wrong. You'll find out though in two weeks when we return. Well, to the, the world program.
2: knows how perfect I am.
1: So we actually did very good in the prediction league I play in for our last pay per view. We actually led. We won the last pay per view they did. Uh, we predicted the most correct matches. So we are on to something here. But with 14 matches, uh, your your probability for getting All of them, right, go down. Stick with me, kid. I'll take you places. The odds are not in your favor (laughs) for 14 matches. You know what show I'm glad didn't have 14 matches? WrestleMania 9. What? From Caesars Palace or Caesars Parking Lot, as it was actually held in the parking lot of the casino out in Paradise, Nevada or Las Vegas, Nevada. The tagline: "The biggest stars in the world are coming to Las Vegas." That's a lie, as uh, this was actually very light on celebrity involvement here. One of the WrestleManias with the fewest celebrities that I oh, can yeah. actually recall. We it, didn't
2: even get an America the Beautiful. We didn't get any of that. No, they did that pre-show. They didn't
1: even bother taping that. They someone did sing it, but it wasn't. Oh, a, really? Yeah, it wasn't a. It wasn't a big enough star to put that on the main show. No. So
2: who was the? There was a pre-show.
1: Uh, they did the free for all that usually aired before pay per views, but then there was a dark match with Tito Santana beating Papa Shango, and then they sang "America the Beautiful." But I don't think that aired. I don't think that aired on the, either.
2: Those aired on the pre-show. So, so why? Okay, why do you think this is? Before we even get into the pay per view, let's talk about the setup here. Why do you say it's the parking lot? Because it is the parking lot. So you believe they just put bleachers up, they put up false walls, and it, that was that.
1: That's correct, yes. They they took the parking lot over and built the set around there. They had less seats because they knew they weren't going to sell as many tickets, so they, they had less seats, but they charged like $75 a ticket in 1993. Which is fucking huge. Well, yeah, but... There wasn't a bad seat in this place. Oh, God, As far as, like, viewing
2: a WrestleMania, this was probably one of the best. You could sit the far, far, very back last row, and it's still a great fucking seat. Yeah.
1: I mean, Todd Pettengill mentioned, oh, we're, we're back here in the Bob Euchre seats. I was like seven rows back. Yeah. I was like, those are not the cheap seats. No. There these... was no cheap seat at WrestleMania 9. There were only 16,891 in attendance. The bullshit. They made it sound like there was 50,000 people there. <laughs> well, last year, WrestleMania 8 had an attendance of 62,167. Well, yeah, weren't
2: they in... uh
1: That was the Hoosier Dome. The Hoosier Dome, right. Yeah, so... That's how they counteracted. They knew things were down. They knew business was down, so... Hogan was
2: leaving. Well, Hogan was, yeah, well, I'm gone. I'm just saying, WrestleMania 8 to build to 9. Hogan was leaving. They had nobody else. They put the title... Rick had left. Flair had gone back to WCW. Yeah, loser leaves town match. Raw was just getting off the off the ground. The right. year of, of Monday Night Raw had just started in January, so we're three months... We're two, two and a half months into to Monday Night Raw... So there was a lot of areas being stretched then that there was no way this was going to be a major pay-per-view. Last minute, Vince made the phone call to Hogan, brought him in, said, listen, I got to do what I got to do. I need you. I got this new pay-per-view coming up here in a couple of months as well. Here's what we're going to do, and we'll discuss it here later on. But that's the way I think the whole thing went down right there.
1: I think it was also a thank you for the steroids trial when Hogan testified on Vince's behalf. I agree agree with that He sort of saved his ass, and so he owed him one. Yeah. Now what he did for Hogan here tonight is just unforgivable. This is Hulk Hogan at his
2: absolute worst. You know who else is absolute worst? Every fucking interview tonight somebody screwed up. Even Mr. Perfect. Did you I mean did you actually realize that every fucking interview of this entire pay-per-view somebody fucked up their interview. Every single, every fucking one, dude. Every one. I thought Hogan got through his okay. What did he screw up? He stumbled and, and was talking about last night and all that when getting attacked. If you uh. go back and actually watch real closely, everybody fucks up. It is hilarious because this was almost like Sid, we're live, buddy. There's no going back and retaking. Well, the Mr. Perfect one bothers me
1: especially. That's a very difficult gimmick to do, to always be perfect, Perfect, right? So, if you're going to do interviews with him, pre-tape them. Yes. That way they are always perfect. Yes. And there's no excuse. They were there all day. They could have taped it. And it would have been fine. No one would have
2: noticed. And I love this. This is a a special WrestleMania. Because I just love this WrestleMania. But in the history of WrestleMania DVD that came out about what, seven or eight years ago, I got for you. There's a ton of video footage of the making of this entire event.
1: Oh, Vince is very hands-on. I think he even gets in the ring and does the Luger mirror
2: spot with the girls to test it out. To test it out. And I mean, he's very hands-on in the walls being built and behind the scenes with sending the animals out and everything. He was very... I think this was his first really in depth hands on step role into boss. Well,
1: I think this was the biggest undertaking for him because this wasn't just a stadium. This was something, this was built. This was a, a very elaborate set. Yes. This is the first of WrestleMania sets that are memorable yes. that, for for their sets themselves, you know, yes. because the Pontiac Silverdome is is memorable, but and that little cart is memorable, but there's no stage. It was a that, ring,
2: yeah. It was a ring and a cart, yeah. This and that even the Hoosier Dome, it was a ring and a big arena and a big arena. This was the first time that there was actually a theme or something that stood out. And even next year at WrestleMania 10, you had the X, you know, sliding open. This was the first of like an inch a special entryway type that stood out. From they anything. had to put a lot of production value, into and, this, and I right? think I think that's something that the new generation, because this is during the new generation, I think that's something that was brought up to step up their game, as well as the fact of the new generation. We got younger kids; we got to start showing them in a much more miraculous light instead of just giant, buffed up dudes out there in this giant fucking huge. Dark arena. Dark arena.
1: Well, and especially when you need to compare it to your competition, even when Nitro got started in 95, Nitro still didn't look
2: as good as Raw did because the
1: production values are just so much better
2: raw from 93 you're you're up in the you're right there man and it's the lighting is great and it was almost like a studio feel instead of being a small arena like it was and it might be because yeah you're right because of all their
1: stars leaving them and the new the new talent and they know business is down and so they
2: put a lot of effort into what can we work on. It was the Paul Heyman syndrome as I call it, you know, accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. And I think that they really succeeded in in doing thus doing this thus far, especially for the first WrestleMania going forward in the way in which the transition of the sport was going. Ninety-three was a big change. Ninety-three, a late ninety-two, early ninety-three was a change in professional wrestling that a lot of people don't actually realize unless you go back and truly look at the facts. Well,
1: and you can also point to like even an elaborate entrance for a mid-carder like Razor Ramon with his pyro, yeah, and the gold lighting and yeah. the razor lighting effects and yeah. Bret Hart's hearts, the pink hearts in the ring, and yeah. the sunglasses and just all these. These extras that came into play, like the the glass shattering when Diesel walks out, yeah. like all of these innovations that happened during a time when not a lot of people were watching, right? And so by the time people did start watching, magically it's just the production is good, and yeah. so they had all this time to work on it while no one was watching. Sadly, this WrestleMania actually did the best buy rate until WrestleMania fourteen. This is the last good buy rate they would do until nineteen ninety eight.
2: So, there you go. That's, that's how down the business got. That's, yeah. And it's how down they got. Especially when WCW started picking up their ball game in, in late 94, early 95. We get the big Vince intro. Welcome <sighs> to WrestleMania 9! Gorilla Monsoon!
1: Who is sadly just the host of this WrestleMania 9. And the last
2: WrestleMania of his career. Well, he did appear as a judge for that Butterbean match, but verbally being on-air talent, other than standing up, waving, and sitting back down. Right. So, yes, he was the host of this event, not a
1: commentator. Jim Ross, in his pay-per-view debut, which he talks about in great length in every interview he always does, about how they put me in a toga the first night. He's very upset about that. He a does. lot of people take issue with these togas. I didn't mind it.
2: It was themed. It was a Roman I theme. I thought it was great. Howard Finkel in a fucking toga, the whole day doing commentary oh, with or the doing little uh, thing around his bald that, head. Too. Dude, that was great, man. A themed WrestleMania. I w- they need to bring another one back. They need to do a themed WrestleMania, and I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about oh here's our theme and everybody's still the same way that no I mean they need to do a fucking theme where everybody's in like gear like a circus type theme and everybody's like a fucking clown something
1: well Doink was in character for that tonight but if you I mean based on next year's logo you want everyone to be pirates next year
2: that's true it's
1: very true. (laughs) He talks about the main event and then, of course, the real main event where the Mega Maniacs, that's Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Hulk Hogan taking on Money, Inc. Strange. Hulk Hogan wants the tag belts. He's come all this way. He's returned to this company just for those tag belts. Yeah. Had some unfinished business, I guess, and just well, wanted some tag D-Basi. belts. him and DiBiase. Him and DiBiase, man. They, they needed to clear the air. Well, this is DiBiase's last WrestleMania as a wrestler. It's true. For the most part, yes. As a full-time wrestler, this was it, and after after this, and he, well, he loses. would stay on until he would stay on until like November, yeah, and then transition into a managerial role, yeah, for his corporation, right. Money Inc got bigger, and he had to take a larger role as CEO. He had no time for wrestling. Finkus Maximus. Presents Caesar and Cleopatra on an elephant. They these are these are just random actors. These are whoever the casino picked to play Caesar. No, I believe them. I believe Uh, this is
2: distant relatives of uh, Caesar Augustus and they
1: should have got one of those DNA tests so we could prove it. Did they have those back then? They I doubt it.
2: They should.
1: Macho Man is carried out on a lounge with Vestal Virgins, and he's wearing a giant silver, gold, and purple attire, and he gets a nice pop. Oh, dude, that place goes nuts when he steps into that ring. Well, and there's a tease of something between him and Heenan later on, and they go nuts for that, too. Yeah. They really missed an opportunity. Yeah. Because Vince thought, ah, oh, he's too old to wrestle. Yeah. Even though Hogan is older. And, was and you're
2: putting fucking Hogan in the ring tonight.
1: Going back to the Rumble at 93, and Macho Man and Yokozuna are the last two. The crowd goes nuts at the idea of Macho Man winning the Rumble. Finally, yeah. And then he gets eliminated. Bobby Heenan then rides backwards out on a camel into the palace. He did not like doing this spot. He was very scared of the camel. And then when he falls off a camel, Macho Man pulls his toga up to show his giant grandpa undies that he was wearing under They his were blue, toda.
2: by the way, if anybody wants to go back and yeah. look. Blue bloomers for Bobby Heenan. Macho
1: Man says Bobby smells worse than the camel. Finkus Maximus then introduces Shawn Michaels with Luna Vachon The lurking heartbreak kid. in the background. The first appearance of Luna Vashon, And he paid zero attention to her. He did not like this pairing, and she was quickly spun off to be with her main squeeze... Bam Bam, Bigelow. Why did he not like this pairing? I think because he's the heartbreak kid and he's the sexy boy and she's a monster from Monsterville. Oh God, she, was, she was. I mean, she's she's actually not a bad looking no. individual, but no. it's her character. She is a monster. Yeah, her character makes her. The sexy boy would not be walking around yeah. with her. And, of course, he should be taking on Marty Jannetty. Yeah, no, we're not getting Marty. We're getting Tatanka. No, we're not getting Marty because Sean had Marty fired right after their Royal Rumble match. Sean accused Marty of being drunk backstage. He was actually just sleeping, but he got fired anyway, so he cost Marty his WrestleMania payday here. Really, Mr. Perfect had to vouch to get him rehired, and then they had their rematch on a random episode of Raw. Really? And, yeah, Sean dropped the title, the IC belt, to... Marty, which didn't work out well for Marty because that just meant Sean was going toward the main event yeah, and the IC belt was going to Marty. But really, he did that to Marty. He was pissed off at at the Royal Rumble if you recall, there's an incident where Marty sells the wrong shoulder. This greatly upset Shawn Michaels and so yeah, he got him fired basically the very next night at Raw. Cost him.
2: Son of a bitch.
1: Yeah, cost us Marty, and Sean at Mania. He's taking on Tatanka instead. The undefeated Tatanka. Yes, he's got an undefeated streak, but it's one of those undefeated streaks with a caveat that he usually can sometimes win by DQ and count out and other means instead of a Goldberg winning streak where you just annihilate your opponent. He's out with Sherry, who really doesn't pay any attention to him either. So we have these two women ringside who are more interested in one another? They act- well, Sherry,
2: Sherry was part of Sean and Rick Martell, which carried over then to Sean and Marty, which somehow or another carried over from to Sean and to Tonka. Now, can you explain that fucking run with me? No, I don't.
1: I don't know what's going on with Sherry here. They wanted to have eventually a Sherry and Luna match, and so I guess this was their way to just wedge it somewhere in this
2: card, but it never ended up happening. Because Sherry was with Sean. Sherry was with Marty at Royal Rumble. But I'm saying, Sherry was with Sean at WrestleMania 8, which then took on Rick Martell. She jumped ship from Sean to Rick Martell. Rick then somehow or another got her injured or something at a SummerSlam. She goes back to Shawn. Then she goes with Marty. Then somehow or another, now she's with Tatanka. <laughs> and after being with Marty, now to Tatanka, she's trying to get back at Shawn. She's going she's, through men like crazy. She's gone
1: through a lot of male wrestlers, including Macho Man, who is on commentary and doesn't mention this at all. Harlem Heat going in the Hall of Fame. That's she's not included. That's, she would have been a two timer. Sean and Tatanka are competing for the IC belt. Sean is the champ. They're also competing for best mullet of the night. Do you prefer Sean's long waterfall or Tatanka's red mullet?
2: Kind of like the red. It's a little, you know, stands out. Yeah. Make it. It makes it not so much a mullet. It's not so much business in front, party in the back. It's more like crazy all over. Right. It's his war paint, I guess.
1: Yeah. Sean style watch with Sean Michaels once again tonight. Tonight, he decided to wear cow print attire for some reason, which is still better than the chaps, so still gets a point from me. Sean does a side headlock, runs up the second rope for a hip-lock takeover. Tatanka counters the second one with a suplex. Tatanka catches a Michaels high cross with an arm drag. Then Tatanka, he chops him. Chops him right out of the ring. Sherry and Luna just stare down each other. Sean can't get in the ring because Tatanka will just chop him and he just goes back down. Every time he gets on the damn apron. So Sean eventually just thumbs him in the eyes. That's the secret. Just cheat to get back in the ring. Sean hits a top rope sunset flip for a near fall. Tatanka hits an inverted atomic drop and then a DDT. Tatanka then focuses on Sean's shoulder because he injured it on Raw. He leg drops it and keeps it in a wrist lock. Then Sean runs shoulder first into the post, the most common move in WWE today in 2019, and Tatanka slaps the rest hold right back on. Ah! Oh. Tatanka hits a shoulder breaker and a running elbow drop. Then Tatanka goes upstairs and gives a chop to Sean's bad shoulder. Tatanka tries it again, but this time gets countered with a super kick, which isn't a finisher yet so sean then throws to talk out of the ring sherry and luna once again stare each other down no cat fight yet sean with his bad shoulder hits a flying clothesline off the apron to tatanka then michaels disses sherry and goes back to work on tatanka so he doesn't like either of these women for some reason a swinging neck breaker gets a two count then he locks a chin lock on tatanka who hulks up But Sean cuts him off. Sean hits a modified victory roll from the turnbuckle for a two. It looked like shit. They repeat the spot, but Sean gets caught in the electric chair and dropped on his back. This only gets a two count for Tatanka. Then Tatanka goes on the war dance. That's how he hulks up. And Sean hits axe handles from the second rope. But Tatanka, he's too fired up. He no-sells all this shit. Chop. 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 Never goes for a pinfall, which upsets Bobby the Brain Heenan. Then he hits a high cross for a two-count, finally. He catapults Sean into the post, then Tatanka catches Sean off the turnbuckle for a power slam, but Sean kicks out at two. Tatanka gets thrown outside, then Sean dives into the steps by accident. Then Sean pulls the ref out of the ring and doesn't get disqualified at first. Then Tatanka goes in, covers Sean, and then the ref says, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I can't count you. I'm sorry. Uh, You've been DQ'd. Sean's been DQ'd. Sorry. And that's the end of the match. A very strange finish to this match.
2: Yeah, the ref, I believe, missed his cue. And I don't, I, I could be completely wrong on this. Well, and Finkus Maximus says it was a countout.
1: I believe it was probably from Sean tripping the ref, would be my explanation. But the Fink says it's a countout, so we'll go with a countout. Yeah. A, they were right. I mean, Tatanka was, you cannot put the belt on this guy yet. He was no. nowhere
2: ready for. And I see title run, but you have to keep the undefeated streak going. Right, exactly. And so this was a way of going about it. I mean, it, it was what it was. This is one of Shawn's worst WrestleMania matches in my eyes.
1: Yeah, I thought Shawn did a great job selling for Tatanka. But he didn't give
2: shit when it came to offense.
1: No, no, and Tatanka didn't sell very much for him no. either, so not a very good matchup. Would have liked to have had Marty. Uh, didn't get Marty, so. Luna slams Sherry, and they catfight before Tatanka runs her off. Minus Genus welcomes the Steiner brothers. Scott delivers a way-too-short promo for my liking. And then Rick says, guess what they're going to do tonight? They're going to wrestle.
3: Julius Caesar himself would be proud to be part of this WrestleMania right here in his very own palace, just as I'm proud to be part of this extravaganza. Action already. Very, very hot and heavy, and still more to come in the form of a big tag team bout. On their way to the ring right now, the Head Shrinkers, their opponents unquestionably... One of the most promising tag teams I have ever seen in World Wrestling Federation history, and with the University of Michigan on a roll this weekend in the Hoops, I want to welcome former All-Americans from the University of Michigan, Rick and Scott the Snyder Brothers, gentlemen. I gotta tell you, you got your work cut out for you.
0: You know, Gene, me and my brother are very excited about wrestling our first WrestleMania, but head shrinkers. I got a message for you guys. This might be our first WrestleMania but it'll be one to be remembered. Rick, you're ready for this one. You know, Gene, these guys are unpredictable. Nobody knows where they're coming from, but me and my brother are gonna go out with
3: a game plan. We're gonna do what we do best, and that's wrestle. We're gonna make Julius Caesar proud. Thank you very much, the Steiner brothers. With that, let's get back to ringside. Ooh,
1: ooh, ooh. They're taking on the head shrinkers. Alpha is out with Samu and Fatou. Rikishi starts with Scott. Scott hip tosses him and then hits a Steiner line. Head Shrinkers double-team Scott, throws Steiner's out to regroup. They hit stereo turnbuckle Steiner lines to the Samoans. Then Samu takes over with Rick, but eats a clothesline and gets thrown into the post. Scott tags in and hits a double underhook slam to Samu. Samu back body drops. Scott head first over the ropes, and Rikishi did not catch him. And Scott Steiner probably saw his life flash before his eyes as he was going full blast into the parking lot. But he was okay. But then he gets cracked with a kendo stick from Offa for his troubles. The Samoans get the heat on Scott for a while. Scott eats a nasty crescent kick from Rikishi. He brawls out of the Samoans' corner, but they thumb him in the eye, and Fatu lands an elbow as Samu holds him over his knee. Samu misses a big splash, which allows Rick to get the hot tag. He decimates the Samoans until they headbutt him. They lift Rick in the electric chair... Samu leaps off the turnbuckle, but Rick twists it into a power slam off Fatu's shoulders in midair. But Samu breaks the count. Scott belly to belly Samu. Fatu super kicks him and slams him. A Frankensteiner, in quotation marks, barely connects. And by barely, I mean not at all. But it's good enough to get the win. Scott Steiner gets the win with this bad Frankensteiner, and the Michigan alumni can be proud. Their boys won tonight. This was a terrible match. Terrible? I thought it was match of the night. Oh, the hell no. This hell was my, no.
2: This was my favorite match. Hell no. This was terrible. Are what you serious? What didn't you like about it? God, dude, this was so bad, man. There was spots being missed like crazy. The head shrinkers just were off cue. I the Steiner's were working so fucking restless that, or so reckless they were going to end up killing somebody at this point in time. I mean, for the love of God, this this was terrible. I loved it. I love I love how reckless
1: the Steiner brothers are. I know that I shouldn't say that because it's dangerous, but. The Samoans are also pretty reckless sometimes. So I love this match. Uh, I thought this, this was a great match. Nothing on the line, by the way. No. This should have probably been the tag team title match had they actually booked this thing correctly. This but was
2: this was terrible.
1: I can't believe you don't like this. You liked that New Jack match last week, and you I did. You, but you don't like this. I don't like this. No. Wow. This that was is shocking. I have a feeling I know what your favorite match is. What do you think my favorite match? is? It's coming up soon meanest genus is with doink who painted the caesar statue to look like him He hit crush with an armful of batteries and he's been making kids cry
3: this man doink desecrate the visage of julius caesar but you know that's art doink that's the kind of thing we become accustomed to with you i've seen you play tricks on kids i mean really sick type tricks i got a good sense of humor throwing pails of water on little kids hitting them in the face with pies isn't but the funny? most memorable took place in front of a national television audience when you, Doink, apparently tore your arm right out of its socket ah! and from behind attack crushed the man you're going to be meeting here today at WrestleMania. Let's go back and take a look at that action. It's a smart clown. Well, at least he got a flower out of the whole thing there, Paul. Wait a minute, do it. Did you see that? Wait minute, his arm off. He just took his own arm off. Ooh. We don't know. He took it his own
0: arm right out of the socket. That's a cast. Like, look
3: what he's doing. I can't believe it. <laughs> you know, Dyke, like, <laughs> as you watch the replay of that action, I cannot believe you seem to take enjoyment in it. You, take, you relish it, the, 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 the thought of it all.
0: <laughs> I'm a sense of humor to this party. WrestleMania 9.
3: <laughs> you know, you laugh, but it could be that your opponent crush will have the last laugh. Because ever since that incident occurred, he has vowed revenge. And it could happen here at WrestleMania 9.
0: No oh, I- revenge would be sweet. <laughs> but I guarantee you, after WrestleMania 9,
3: Crush may be seen double vision. <laughs> All right, get out of here. Let's get back to ringside.
1: So this is your favorite match next. So Shaka Bra, Kona Crush, the Hawaiian. No more demolition for this man. No. He's all about surfing and having a good time.
2: Surf's up, dude. And not
1: making kids cry. That's right. He just wants to beat the shit out of Doink, and he does. For a long time, he hits a neck breaker, stomps him, hits a back breaker. Doink finally takes control when he counters clubbing blows on the apron by snapping Crush's neck over the ropes. He pile drives Crush. Then Doink slams him. Crush, though, catches Doink off the top turnbuckle with a big boot, a big power slam. Then Doink crawls under the ring, and he says... Get ready, the spot's coming up. Then a press slam from Crush, and he goes for the head squeeze, his finisher. Squeezing the pineapple. But Doink takes out the ref. Crush, instead of doing something else, he just goes for it again. But another Doink appears. Am I seeing double? What is going on? Something is wrong here. Another Doink appears and hits Crush with the loaded arm again full of batteries. They break it over his head and then do the greatest spot in wrestling, the mirror spot as they they're seeing double, Patrick. They are. They're seeing themselves they in are. a mirror as this was Skinner. Steve Kern here was the other doink. Doink number two. Matt Bourne, doink one, rolls crush over and gets the win. Match of the night. I knew this would be your favorite because <laughs> you love Matt Bourne And you love cheesy bullshit like this. This was great. This was fucking great. I love the mirror spot. I love the two doinks. It was
2: awesome. The two doinks and entertainment-wise, it was great. Athletic-wise, was it Match of the Night? Hell no. Entertainment-wise, absolutely. And you also like it because your boy, Bill
1: Alfonso, tries to explain... That's true. ...to Joey Morello that there were two doinks. And they try to look for the other doinks. While they're
2: on the other side of the ring looking... He slides out and runs to the back. <laughs> of course. There's no trap door in a parking lot. That's why you see the fans pointing, and these dumb fuckers are still looking. So
1: the win stands. Doink is undefeated at WrestleMania. Right. Todd Pettengill is with the Japanese racist photographers. <laughs> hey, were there two Doinks? Uh, Las Vegas number one Yeah, okay, Yokozuna Yokozuna number one Alright, back to you Thanks, Todd Razor Ramon is out next The bad guy is out to take on Bob
2: Backlund Yes Yes The return of the legendary Former World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion of the World Bob Backlund Oh, and my, oh my, what a return it was,
1: Patrick so Bob comes to the ring, no theme song. No. Just waddles into the ring, hits some shitty looking arm drags, a double underhook suplex, and then an inverted atomic drop, which looked like shit as well. Razor, he inside cradles him one, two, three, and wins the match and goes back home. Scott Hall goes to head out to the Vegas bar and get to drinking early as this was. This a- match.
2: It's Squash. As bad as I hate to say it It ended quickly because of a time delay They had to give time for Hogan
1: Yeah, but they could have at least given the crowd I don't know, a
2: razor's edge They just needed to have cut this match
1: I think they could have shifted some people around And had better matches all around I would have had Razor taking on Undertaker tonight Based on that match no. we saw Yeah, really? Yeah, based on that match we saw on Smack'em Whack'em so that uh, would have been better give giant gonzalez bob Backlund to beat then save him for later see if he can get any better before you expose him here tonight about how bad he how is terrible
2: what happened
1: <laughs> yeah so uh yeah this was something else this was bob Backlund's like first tv pinfall loss in like Thirty years or something. It really crazy. was. It was, yes. So awful return.
2: But he would he would go on to transform into Mr. Backlund and once again reclaim the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight championship.
1: Money Inc. is with Gene. Gene thinks the tag titles are in jeopardy because Jimmy Hart turned on them, and now he's with Brutus Beefcake and Hulk Hogan,
2: and they're all coming for them. Oblivious Oblivion. IRS cannot talk.
3: At the time, Ted DiBiase and Urban R. Schaester, I saw that. I couldn't believe it. Another man watching at home was the immortal Hulk Hogan. And quite candidly, he couldn't believe it either. <laughs> yak, 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 Oakland. We've been hearing
0: him cry for weeks now. Well, it's time to put up or shut up. It's now. This is WrestleMania 9. This is Las Vegas, Nevada, and this is Caesar's Palace, where the stakes are always high. And that's the way Money Incorporated likes it because the higher the stakes. the bigger the bankroll when you win. And we don't make bets that we can't win. They say they're gonna bankrupt Money Incorporated. Well, how do you bankrupt a company who has an unlimited unlimited credit line? And that's what we've got. This is our city, the city of money. You're gonna come into our city? This is our backyard. What are the odds, Oakland, of beating a
3: dog in his own backyard? (laughs) I don't know about that. I'm not a betting man. Urban R. Seister.
0: You know something, mega morons? You've got all the answers. That's right. Beefcake, you've got the protective mask that's going to save you in this match. Well, I'm going to tell you what Money Inc. going to do to it. We're going to take the mask off and beat your face into oblivion. By the time we're through, you're going to look like a jigsaw puzzle with a few of the pieces missing. And speaking of jigsaw puzzles, we heard Hulk Hogan got into a little accident coming out of the gym last night. That's what money can do. And you know something, Okerlund? You
3: think Beefcake's face looks bad, wait until you get a load of Hogan's. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I completely follow that. I thank you, gentlemen. Tag Team Champions Money Incorporated.
1: IRS destroyed Beefcake with the Halliburton because Beefcake was in a parasailing accident and they needed to explain why his face would be busted up and he needed to
2: wear a mask was it busted up because of the accident yes was okay first of all when they took the halliburton and smacked him across the face had the accident already happened yeah well then fuck the thud from the halliburton would have fucked him up i think they tried
1: to hit him on the forehead i think it was the orbital bones that were broken in his face so i think they tried to or they might have worked the you know
2: so say that mask was not as Hard as people are letting on, like it truly is. It
1: looked like a plastic Mardi Gras mask when they used it as a weapon in this match, yeah. by the way. You can't bankrupt money, Inc., says Ted. IRS says they're going to take Brutus's mask off, and he's going to look like a jigsaw puzzle without pieces. Then Ted also mentions Hogan's black eye, which uh, he got from a jet ski accident. He was not punched in the face by Macho Man, as
2: was the rumor for years. They did hate each other at this I point. Thought he, I thought he was working out. In all seriousness, he was working out... And his hand slipped, and a dumbbell fell and smacked him in the face the night before WrestleMania. I really thought that's what it was, which is why he had to rush to get stitches.
1: Now I think he had a uh, jet ski accident. So both of these guys need to stay off the water, That's what <laughs> we're really learning. Money, Inc. is out, and then the Mega Maniacs are out with yellow and red smoke, The the first special entrance of the night. They start brawling before the bell rings and the music can even stop. So, Real American is still playing as they start brawling. Hogan does the shirt tear and does his hot dogging, and uh, looks like uh, Hulk Hogan's been laying off the Ico Pro, Patrick. Yeah, he's looking a little flabby. Yeah, little. Uh,
2: no steroids. He hadn't been taking his vitamins, I guess. So, Brutus gets his ass kicked by Money Inc. I need to take some of his vitamins in to look. look- like the old Hulkster brother.
1: They keep Brutus in their corner, and DiBiase tries an axe handle, but Brutus' mask hurts his hands. He's got a hard head gimmick with this mask on. So Brutus smacks Money Inks' heads together, rams DiBiase into the buckle and into Hogan's boot. Then Hogan gets the tag. Hogan does corner punches to DiBiase, does some more on the ground. The Mega Maniacs do a big boot to DiBiase. Brutus slams him. And then Hulk hits a second rope axe handle. Weird to see Hulk go upstairs for anything. Hogan clotheslines Ted out of the ring. Then Hogan thumbs IRS in the eye and throws him out of the ring. Money Inc say, fuck this. Let's just leave. And so they start to leave. When Finkus
2: Maximus decides the greatest call of the night. When none other than Finkus Maximus tells the world that if IRS... And the million-dollar man, Money Inc. does not return to the ring within the count of ten. They will not only lose the match, but they will be stripped of their tag team titles. Which is bullshit. And Bobby rightly calls it
1: out, but he does make one point. He says, do they just make up the rules as they go?
2: Yes, Yes, they do. That's exactly (laughs) what they do.
1: IRS chokes Hogan with the tag rope behind the ref's back. DiBiase does it as well. Hogan gets to the ropes from a million-dollar dream attempt. He just reapplies it. He hulks up though with a wagging finger, but goes back to a knee. Brutus locks in the sleeper on DiBiase. Now both men are passed out. Both Brutus and IRS get hot tags. Brutus hits the high knee to IRS. Booty man preview. Then an atomic drop to DiBiase. A Halliburton shot from DiBiase slows the beefer down. DiBiase goes after his mask and he rips it off. Then money ain't just tee off on him. Beefcake doubled clotheslines Money, Inc., though, to stop it. Beefcake gets his sleeper on IRS. DiBiase breaks it up, but the ref, IRS, and Beefcake all get knocked down. Hogan gets the tag, but the ref doesn't see it. Big boot to DiBiase. He grabs Beefer's mask, and somehow this mask knocks both Money, Inc. guys clean out. Jimmy Hart... Then, again, changes the rules on us. He turns his jacket inside out. It's referee stripes! Amazing! He's a licensed referee, or not. So, while both guys from his team, the Mega Maniacs, have Money Inc. pinned, Jimmy
2: Hart runs in, counts the three. Double pinfall, your winners and new tag team champions. The Mega Powers. They
1: grab the tag belts. Are the Mega Maniacs, sorry. Yeah, the Mega Maniacs are your new tag team champions, right? They grab the belts, they celebrate, but then... Dangerous. Danny Davis sets things right. He runs down and Fink announces that Money, Inc. are the winners by DQ. Thank goodness there's a ref that understands the rules somewhere back there. Money, Inc. grab their belts and they get the hell out of there. They're done for the night. The Mega Maniacs... The faces in this match are gonna deck Danny Davis for enforcing the rules and Jimmy Hart pleads with them, oh please don't, and instead he does it himself. He throws out Danny Davis. The losers of this match then get to Grandstand and Hot Dog for what feels like 10 minutes as Hogan is begged by Beefer to do some struttin' and cuttin'. He he brushes it off at first but finally gives him about 2 seconds of struttin' and cuttin' so Beefer is pleased. Hogan finds the and opens it up, it's got a brick in it, it's got some tax forms, and then it's got the thing Hogan loves the most, money! Which gives us the great gif of Hogan dancing with wads of money in his hands, and I'm like, You motherfucker, you're going to keep that, aren't you? But then he does hand off a few dollars as the Mega Maniacs finally leave the ring. God, they were out there forever. Their grandstanding and hot-dogging took longer than the match. Yes. Before and after their their hot-dogging did. Yes. And so there you go. This would be Beefer's last match, I think, in WWF ever, I think. Really? I think he's done after tonight. He would show up in WCW next year. Starcade. Book your calendars now, people. Terrible match. Oh yeah, it's horrible. There's Then again, there's not much to work with, really, in there. It's true. Beefer and Hogan know about four moves between them. Very true. And but the crowd, look. The crowd loved it. Yeah. Hogan was the most over guy here so you can't blame Vince for bringing him back because the crowd did respond to it and a lot of people bought this show for his return Yeah, they zero people bought it for what he did later in the night but a lot of people bought it for his return so you can't say this guy wasn't a star he was more over than Bret Hart so that can't be denied and even this shitty tag team match that ended in a fuck finish crowd still went wild you didn't even have to hand them any money they were nope. still going wild at hearing Real American and seeing the Mega Maniacs pose. So, in that sense, it was a success. But in the ring, I would, I'd never want to see this match again. <laughs> this is a terrible match. Todd is with the late Natalie Cole. She liked the match, and she couldn't believe it was real money. Who is that? She is the daughter of the singer Nat King Cole, a famous soul singer. She did a duet with him after he'd passed away. It was a really cool thing where... He did a song called Unforgettable. I think she won a Grammy for it. Maybe, maybe this year that she's at WrestleMania. She's a really good singer. Why isn't she singing? I don't know, but she's in the crowd. You would
2: have thought she would have done the America the Beautiful.
1: Right. Todd is also with the CEO of Caesar's Palace, who's delighted to be at his own building. Uh, his interview sucked. Mean Gene is with Mr. Perfect. He's pissed that Luger attacked his good friend Bret Hart. Perfect and Fuck's Up Lex Luger's name. The Larsis, the, 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 oh, I'm just too excited. I got to get out there and wrestle.
3: Here is the man that personifies athleticism. I'm talking about a man that does it all well perfectly, Mr. Perfect. But what about the reputation that your opponent has garnered as of late? The narcissist, Lex Luger, with that devastating forearm. Very controversial, I might add. As a matter of fact, he has been knocking out opponents right and left. Most recently, at a brunch that I attended today, he absolutely knocked out Brett the Hitman Hart. That's got to be a concern to you. You know, he considers himself a knockout artist. That's what he calls himself. Lex Luger, the narcissist. You come out and tell everybody that you're beyond perfection. You give Bret Hart a cheap shot today at a breakfast benefit. What's wrong with you, pal? You got to carry a mirror around with you to show yourself that you are the great person that you really think you are. This is WrestleMania, Mean Gene. I'm on a roll this week. I got a hole-in-one playing golf. I've been hot at the tables. Oh, Mr. Perfect is exactly what he says he is. Perfect. And tonight, the Lexus, the lexicist Lark, The Narcissist Lex Luger. I'm going to go do it right now. I've had it. I'm so excited. It's WrestleMania. Watch what happens. By the way, don't go too far away. I want to go to the tables with you. Right now, let's get back to action at ringside. And once again, Finkus Maximus. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes. Mr. Perfect. Imperfect. Kurt Henning. Messed up. The Narcissist. The Narcissist Lex Luger is out with many ladies, scantily clad. Thongs in 1993. High-waisted thongs, by the way. Very sexy. Yes, it's too bad that Lex Luger is only in love with himself, as he pays no attention to them. Instead, they're covered up with mirrors, with sparklers on them, which the women had to use to shield, they use the mirrors to shield themselves from the sparks flying in their faces.
2: Yes, because the wind was blowing that shit to the left, and it was blowing it hard. One of Lex's ladies rubs Mr. Perfect's chest as he comes
1: to the ring, and he no-sells it like, ugh, girls, gross. Mr. Perfect. Faces can't like girls. No! No. Lex and Mr. Perfect trade wrist locks. Perfect hits a running drop kick. Perfect grabs a big boot from Luger. And then he smacks the shit out of him. And then just starts attacking his leg. He delivers some nasty chops to Luger in the corner. But then Perfect sells his bad back that he had stayed out of wrestling for a couple years from by bouncing off the buckles. Luger hits a backbreaker. Luger tries a pinfall with his feet on the ropes and only gets a two before the ref catches him. A power slam from Luger gets a two. Perfect inside cradles Luger for two. Perfect runs Luger into the buckles, catapults him into the buckles, and decks him with a forearm for a two count. We get an ugly swinging neckbreaker from Mr. Perfect for two. Probably Lex's fault. Mr. Perfect hits a missile dropkick for a two count. Lex Luger backslides Mr. Perfect... With Perfect's feet clearly in the ropes, but the ref doesn't see it. One, two, three.
2: Lex Luger defeats Mr. Perfect. The robbery of the century here. The narcissist. The narcissist. Lex Luger then catches Perfect with that vicious forearm and knocks out Kurt Henning. Earlier that day, he had not only knocked out Kurt Henning, but he knocked out Brett the Hitman Hart, the champ, at a breakfast luncheon. So... He keeps calling these knockouts, and he's hitting them. Well, there's some there's some crazy about that forearm.
1: That's why they would make him start wearing a pad over it when he became the Lex Express American Hero. They had to cover it up. Because that's right. His loaded weapon. Which
2: would go on to be explained as of
1: a motorcycle accident. It was a motorcycle accident. That's why he couldn't be in the World Bodybuilding Federation for its two shows is because he was in a
2: motorcycle wreck. He had to have reconstructive surgery to make his elbow work again, so then they just said, oh, well, it's titanium, so he's knocking the shit out of people. Yeah, so he's like Jax from Mortal Kombat.
1: Yes. He poses on top of Mr. Perfect's unconscious body just like... Chris Jericho does The come on baby pose basically Perfect is unconscious but then Wakes up Runs out of the ring Tracks Luger down in the garage Who's just having a chat with Shawn Michaels He attacks Luger But Shawn Michaels makes a save And beats down Mr. Perfect He beats the shit out of Perfect Throws a trash can on him And kicks him while he's down See you at SummerSlam, pal. Macho Man and Bobby Heenan then argue and nearly come to blows over the Lex Luger match. You see, Bobby Heenan was Lex Luger's manager. Uh, he had introduced us to the Narcissist. And uh, the crowd went wild when they saw Macho Man stand up to Bobby. They thought they were about to get a match oh, man! Here. We go back to Gorilla. He teases the Giant Gonzalez match. And sure enough, the naked giant is out first. Eight foot tall, Giant Gonzalez. The tallest man ever in wrestling. In a painted bodysuit with no anatomically correct features. So he is there was just
2: hair there, by the way. Oh,
1: there wasn't even hair on this one. He he'd get his hair for the SummerSlam thing. I think it was just skin tone. Oh, Mr. Undertaker again. He got Taker. He got another round with Taker. No, he's just a dickless giant, and he's here to take on an undead giant. So Paul Bear leads out Undertaker, who's on a chariot with purple smoke and a vulture. Awesome entrance here for Undertaker. Oh, one
2: of my favorites for him.
1: They exchange chokes. Taker hits old school, but Gonzalez doesn't sell anything. Who will sell something? He clotheslines Taker and tosses him across the ring, then locks in a chin lock. Taker hulks up with the help of the urn. They brawl on the outside, and Taker gets rammed into the steps. Harvey Whippleman distracts the ref so he doesn't get counted out. Bear wakes Taker up with the urn again. Taker then no-sells a headbutt. Taker drops Giant Gonzalez to one knee when Whippleman throws him a rag. And right in front of the ref, he chloroforms Undertaker. He kills the dead man. The dead man... Can be chloroformed for some reason. He smothered him to death. Macho Man somehow recognizes the odor of chloroform, which is a bit creepy. Out of the three, (laughs) you don't want to say, oh, I recognize that smell. (laughs) What have you been up to, Macho Man? So, Taker here, the streak is bullshit, ladies and gentlemen. He wins by DQ
2: as Taker takes a nap and passes out. And they then cut and edit this WrestleMania, because you hear one gong, and Taker comes back out. The real version, you hear gong, nothing. You hear gong, nothing. About the fourth or fifth one is finally when Taker comes back out, and they start playing his music again, which then lets you know, hey, there was a heartbeat, he's trying, he's trying, all right, he's back. So I don't know why they cut that down. Probably just because it takes
1: so much time for no payoff here. So Taker, it's so weird to see Taker being ushered out on a gurney by the way. A dead man on a gurney. What's what's the rush? He's dead. <laughs> so, Gonzalez finally does a move to a referee as he choke slams one and they put Taker on the stretcher. As Gonzalez is just standing around doing nothing, we get Hogan chance. So Hogan is actually supposed to take up the fight for the dead man here. And Gonzalez just walks around the ring. Then, as you mentioned, the edit. The gong goes off. Taker comes back out. Taker finally takes him off his feet with a leaping clothesline. Gonzalez just rolls out and is escorted to the back by security goons. What happened? See you at SummerSlam, What happened? This was really a feud between Undertaker and... And Harvey Whippleman,
2: as Undertaker had defeated his other monster, Kamala. So, obviously, the biggest match in Gonzalez's ever well-known career. A guy that's taller than Undertaker needs chloroform to beat Yes, him,
1: yes. He makes... Let's take a second talk about his career, though. He couldn't wrestle or shit.
2: No, and even WCW knew that, but they utilized him correctly. They had him do strictly tag matches, and he... He'd, Come in, do Get one big or two pop. move, gets a big pop, tag out. He leaves WCW, I'm not sure as a why. Money, I'm sure. Well, he well. Wa- okay, let's start off first of his career. He's brought in from overseas. Well, he's brought in... He was a basketball player. He was a basketball player. He's brought in from overseas. He starts playing for the Atlanta Hawks, which is owned by Turner. Go figure. So, after he plays and does great for the Hawks and all this well, shit... Well, he gets bad knees. He gets bad knees. They're not going to just... Screw it. So Turner owns WCW as well. So while he's over at WCW, WCW recognizes the fact that this dude ain't worth shit. So if we do him in tag matches, using there. He hits one or two moves. He tags out. The world's great, grand, and wonderful. He looks like a million bucks. Vince, oh, my God. He's eight feet tall. No bullshit. I got my next Andre. Signed him. This is where Vince fucked up, because they made him look so fucking good that Vince stole him from them, and then Vince realized he got fucked over. Well, but then Vince
1: utilized him in the incorrect way, thinking that he can go 20 minutes, that he can do normal matches. Yeah. Just like we we talked about with Sid last week with ECW in 1999 or whatever. What what are you good at? What can you do for me? Can you hit one choke slam, Giant Gonzalez? Can you do it... And instead of booking him against the Undertaker here, like I said, if book him against Bob Backlund, have Bob Backlund take a loss really quick. Gets a big monster, beats a beloved babyface who would return to the company after all these years. Yeah. Like make it slowly. Hide as mu- hide him as much as you can, and get your money's worth because you just blew it all tonight. You blew yeah. the entire wad tonight. Yeah. You showed us he can't fucking wrestle. He can't even beat Taker. Cleanly, he can't even beat him. He can't even cheat wisely. So he's not yeah. smart. He's not a good wrestler, and he uses chloroform—not <laughs> a weapon a giant would be
2: using anyway. A giant doesn't need a weapon. So he goes on to wrestle or to uh, SummerSlam.
1: Yeah, he goes on to SummerSlam. He—that's his last
2: match, is it not?
1: He appeared in a twenty-man battle royal on Raw on October fourth of that year. So. He was still around, but his contract expired on October 7th, so yeah. And they did not renew it. They didn't. And then he went to, he still got work in wrestling after this. He wrestled in New Japan and then went to Wrestle and Romance until his retirement from wrestling, used his old ring name El Gigante, kept it going until the 8th of February 1995, lost to Great Muda. Wow, he worked Muda. And in his, kinda
2: lo- wanna, I kind of want to see that match.
1: He worked a tag match that December, but was retired at the end of '95. So, and he is not—he no longer with us. Correct. No, sadly, he passed away in 2010, only 44 years old.
2: Wow. He he got after this though. He he—they made a movie about his career, about his life. Giant Gonzalez in, in
1: 1993 was only 27 years old. Anyway, yeah, so time for the main event (laughs) finally Gene sells the main event shows highlights of Zuna squashing Jim Duggan gave him multiple bonsai drops that's
2: why Duggan had to have heart surgery yesterday
1: well and he sold this in kayfabe he was off TV for like two months here so and then of course he squashed Brett with a bonsai drop at the contract signing for this match so here we go But before we can, Hogan walks in on this Mean Gene interview and says, All the Hulkamaniacs are in Brett's corner, brother. And then in the most demeaning line in this whole promo, Hogan says, Brett, you're a brother. You're a Hulkamaniac. Okay, yeah. Little Bret Hart, who's like two years younger than Hogan, not a Hulkamaniac. Not a brother. Listen here, brother. He Hulk Hogan is such an asshole. Yo, brother, my advice to you, watch Yokozuna like a cat. Which, I don't know what that means. He knows the power of Hulkamania, and he challenges either Brett or... That the Jap. <laughs> that Jap. That Jap. That Jap. Now, how fucking racist is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. To the next title match.
0: (laughs) Well, you know something, Mean Gene? I just left the WWF Champions dressing room, Brett the Hitman Hart, and the one thought I want to leave him with was that all the Hulkamaniacs in Hulk Hogan are in his corner. But, you know, the last couple months... These seem to be the times when people do step over the line. First off, with my bionic brother Brutus. And then last night, leaving the gym here in Vegas. I guess money can buy certain liberties around this town. They took it out on the Hulkster brother. But the little Hulkamaniacs pushed me towards the ring. You know, Bret Hart a warning to the wise brother you're a brother you're a hulkamaniac In sense, so many people are stepping over the line i want you to watch this yokozuna and mr fuji like a cat brother i want you to watch every move and i also want you to know brother that me and all my hulkamaniacs are on your side but as i looked into the eyes of Bret Hart just a few minutes ago me and Jean. I know the power of Hulkamania I know the greatness of Hulkamania and as I looked into Bret Hart's eyes I even questioned Hulkamania's own greatness. That's why right now, Bret Hart I'm issuing a challenge to either you or the Jap brother. Whoever wins the WWF title, I want the first shot at it. But let me tell you something, Mean Gene. With me, all my Hulkamaniacs, and the attitude that Bret Hart has, I guarantee you, dude, the WWF title is staying right here in the WWF, right here in the US of A. And what you gonna do?
1: Todd Pettengill is with some nerds in the crowd. They're in togas, they're drunk. Zuna and Fuji are out they're followed by the hitman's entrance Zuna does his salt blessing of the ring Brett goes right to corner punches before getting shoved off by Zuna Hart takes Zuna off his feet by tripping him using the ropes and just tees off on the big man while he's on his shell Brett hits the second rope elbow Zuna finally gets his feet out of the ropes the ref has to help him he finally stands up and no-sells Brett's clotheslines but then responds with one of his own that takes Brett down Zuna scoop slams Brett and lands a leg drop. Hart rides Zuna down to the mat off the second rope against a near fall. Zuna hits a super kick to Hart. He goes for the Magna Claw on Hart, but then he misses a turnbuckle splash, and Hart hits a second rope bulldog for a two count. Then he hits a second rope elbow again for a two count. He tries a clothesline from the second rope that wobbles Zuna, but then a running clothesline puts Zuna on the ground once again. More corner punches to Yokozuna. Zuna. But Brett accidentally rips the turnbuckle cover off to avoid being slammed by Yokozuna. He's holding on for dear life. Then Zuna's head gets run into the exposed steel and Bret Hart, somehow with Yokozuna's massive legs, locks in the sharpshooter. Now, unfortunately, Zuna went to this spot too early, so Mr. Fuji was not ready. He went to this five minutes early and after the match, Brett went to Zuna and said, those five minutes are gone, and we'll never get them back. And uh, so, Zuna is a tough man here. He is not tapping out to the sharpshooter,
2: who everyone else so s- like, screams, "Uncle!" Why is why did he go five minutes early? I don't know. He just got confused. He and, got confused on what was planned and went to that quicker than expected
1: yeah I don't think he was supposed to get rammed into the steel so early and just
2: okay time to go home well I knew Fuji wasn't ready so that's well why. I mean I
1: think Yokozuna was also sucking wind and was probably like let's just get the fuck out of here he knows what's coming next so <laughs> yeah. let's just get to
2: that <laughs> cause Fuji's then scrambling to get yeah. salt thrown his eyes so.
1: well and it's nice that Brett's like watching him the whole time like what are you doing down there yeah, I mean, what are you yeah, doing exactly Fuji throws salt in Brett's eyes oh no the audacity and Zuna, Pence Hart. So we have a new world champion, and of course, who runs out to check on Bret Hart, his best friend in the whole wide world? His fellow Hulkamaniac His brother. brother, brother. Hulk Hogan, of all people, runs in to check on Bret Hart. Fuji gets on the mic and challenges Hogan right now. Come
2: on, you yellow! That yellow streak run down your back! Come on, you yellow belly!
1: And then Hogan is helping Bret to the back, and Bret says, go for it and waves hogan in so the bell never rings but here we go fuji throws salt in zuna's eyes by accident clothesline big leg one two three in 22 seconds hulk hogan the young the youngster the new generation superstar hulk hogan is once again on top of the wrestling world and then five minutes of grandstanding and hot-dogging, which he had already done tonight. We'd already we get it seen it. it a second time. More Real American. I mean, the song loops about 15 times tonight. So
2: there you go. And we go off the air. Thank goodness. A little history note here. This is the first outdoor WrestleMania. And it would be the last for quite some time. And this coming Sunday, you'll see another one. That is true.
1: After the match... Hogan told Brett, you're not in my league, and fuck off, basically. What? Yeah. Really? Brett said, hey man, what was that out there? And Hogan said, you're not in my league, fuck off.
2: What does he mean, what was that out there? Was that not the plan?
1: No, that was the plan. He was just like, pissed that that's what was, what you're doing to the business. Just some general, it was like a general comment, like, "Yeah, what are you doing to us? Because he knew that Hogan was going to take off and not show up until King of the Ring. So, yeah, Hogan said, you're not in my league, pal. Fuck off. And, yeah, so.
2: Holy shit.
1: Never got that match between them. Even in WCW when they had the opportunity. Uh, Never got the the Hogan and Brett match. See, and
2: Brett would have owned his ass, man. Brett would well, if, beat the if, shit out of him. If it was a shoot fight, yeah. Even selling though, I mean, even work like believed, Brett would have to own his ass. Or it's not going to be believable whatsoever. What's sad about this
1: match, up until the shenanigans at the end of it, I thought Brett was doing the absolute best with Yoko
2: Zuna that, oh, this that is anyone one of Yoko's could do. one of Yoko's greatest matches of his entire career. And Brett is Brett is making him they're making each other look like a million bucks. They really, truly are.
1: Yeah, Brett had to go in there. The guy, he knew he couldn't wrap his arms around him. I mean, the guy is 500 pounds, and he he used his other He brawled. I mean, that's not—he yeah. changed his style to try to compete with Yokozuna. And then they had to throw all that goodwill and that good match away here at the end so that Hogan could carry that, that trinket for a couple of months, and— uh, Then Hightail at the WCW and his Dodge Viper. So there you go. And go ride a boat and make a TV show. That's right. Giant Gonzalez was on uh, Thunder in Paradise. He was. (laughs) So there you go,
2: WrestleMania 9. I'm kind of with the fans, though. I'd like to have saw him body slam Gonzalez just once.
1: Yeah, I would have swapped some things around on this card. I would have had Sean. If Marty wasn't available, I would have had Sean and Mr. Perfect. I would have had Giant Gonzalez and Bob Backlund. The Steiner match was fine for me. Whatever. Doink and Razor then? Uh, Razor and Undertaker. Razor and Taker. Luger and Luger and Crush. Okay. And maybe Doink runs in on that match. Okay. And helps Luger. And there you go. That's how I would change things around. And then all the shit with Hogan. I mean, that's got to go.
2: Like the this- tag match was fine. But this is the the new generation WrestleMania. And Hogan had to come in and fuck that up. So then, I mean, this is the turning point. Well,
1: but it's sort of a good thing that this WrestleMania was so bad because WrestleMania 10 was really, really good. Oh, God, yes. And if they didn't have this super bad WrestleMania the year before, who knows if... I think the reaction to this WrestleMania gave them the the motivation to have a really good WrestleMania the yeah. next year. So, it's sort of a good thing, a blessing in disguise that this happened. And as we mentioned already, the production value and everything else that they did that that went well for the company during this time is all as a result of losing all their their stars like Warrior and Hogan and Macho Man and all those guys that, that would leave. Mr. Perfect would leave not, not too long
2: after this. So Luger. Yeah, Luger, yeah, would stick around. Well, that Lex Express had, had They'd built his ass up to be the next Hogan and then the son of a bitch walked.
1: Well, you can watch three hours of it on the network. The entire Body Slam Challenge plus his entire road trip. His entire
2: road trip, really?
1: Well, most of it. Like, radio interviews and like him just sitting on a bus <laughs>
2: it's really so it's,
1: it's how long is that the entire thing runs three hours but that includes the Summer Slam match and the Body Slam challenge so I don't know how much is because I watch
2: I'm I'm
1: the music wh- video starts it off then it's the Body Slam
2: challenge and then it's the Lex Express tour okay because I'm in the Body Slam challenge okay I'm, I'm into that po- dude I have to go to that one just every couple of months well if you need to go to sleep it's something to yeah because that's, that's a rough three hours to go through, dude. So you've
1: made it a lot longer I don't know. than I have. I don't know. It might be a better show than WrestleMania 9,
2: I don't to be know honest. about that.
1: I don't know about that. I'm going to put this one pretty high, dude. Oh, that's sad. Well, uh, what did you think of the the matches?
2: What did you think of WrestleMania 9? I I love WrestleMania 9. I truly do. You said it had a soft place, a special place in your heart when I talked about it last week. What, what makes it so special to you? Well, I think visually, it, it, it's
1: cool looking. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of neon 90s flair to it, you know? it's Yeah. It's just the imagery, I think, that sticks with me. Not so much any of the matches or really any of the moments, but just like, I mean, Undertaker with the Vulture... Like
2: stuff like that. WrestleMania 9 is one of the highly remembered WrestleManias. It ends up on most of the list of the worst WrestleManias. But so. still, the image alone is what makes you remember this pay per view.
1: Oh, and that's why I say I don't think it's the worst ever because the imagery of WrestleMania 4, outside of Savage winning the title at the end, I don't remember anything really from it. like visually. I mean, like, visually, like, key moments. Like, the set was bland. Like, Trump Plaza or wherever they had it at was, like, just dark and gloomy. It was kind of shitty. Like, this was better than that. So, and I think this is better than WrestleMania 27. And that's one that we attended live.
2: Yeah, I'll go with you on that. Nah, I don't know. Man, that's rough. We had, we did have... Well, the Triple H and Undertaker match almost makes up for we it. We had we had Lawler and Michael Cole, which was entertaining. That was that's, Doink and Crush. That was entertaining. That's okay. <laughs> but what did you think? What's I? Your final? It's very special to me because it's one of the very first WrestleManias that made me perk up from being uh, a grassroots NWA WCW guy to be like, well, "What the fuck is that over there?" And so. it it made me pay attention but uh, I I love Wrestlemania 9 I enjoy I enjoy watching this entire pay-per-view I really do wow I truly do and for those who don't find it to be a very good Wrestlemania are full of shit in my opinion well,
1: I just think you're crazy for that opinion, and you're crazy for hating the Steiners match. God, Since dude. Since it was that match one, of the night.
2: That was terrible.
1: It was awesome. That was terrible. So on a rating scale, Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez,
2: where do you rate WrestleMania Nine? He overcame the, the gravest challenge. I got to go with an Undertaker. I am going to give this a
1: Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji. All right. The the late, great Mr. Fuji, without his hat on. (laughs) Well, when we return, it'll be after WrestleMania, so I'm going to pick a pay-per-view that's after a very famous WrestleMania. Uh Uh-oh, that must be a backlash. It's a backlash from 2001. It's a two-man power trip, baby. But really, the match of the night, Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. In an ultimate submission match, 30-minute Iron Man style. Really? Yes. I do not remember this match. Yes, that is the main reason I want to watch it. Not for Chris Benoit, but <laughs> because it's a
2: great match. So I'll well, watch it for Chris Benoit. I'll say it. I'll be cutting that. Okay. I'll say it. I'll say it. He was a great wrestler. He was a great wrestler. All right. Uh, so, anyway, that'll do it for this week. Have a good WrestleMania week. That's right. The only time Christmas comes twice a year is when WrestleMania Sunday rolls around. Yeah, and it might be Monday or Tuesday by the time it's
1: over, so enjoy it. Go to powerslam.tv, use the promo code Wrestling and get a 30-day free trial. That'll do it for this week. I'm intern
2: Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young, saying, as always, my clothesline's a clothesline, and bingo, bango.